Xbox On. Hello and welcome to Xbox On, a podcast with one host about one console, the Xbox One. I am said host, Jesse DeRosa, and on today's episode we'll be talking the latest Xbox news for the week of October 10th, 2019, including Mikey Barra is leaving Microsoft, Doom Eternal has been delayed, and the October Xbox update is here. All that and some, meh, a little more, coming up right now. Now, unfortunately, this is one of those slower news weeks, but lucky for us, there are some decent stories within this uh, slow news week. So we'll find a way to make it work, stretch it out to that 50 minute mark that I know you guys have come to expect from me. I'm sure if I talk slow enough or just uh, get lost in some tangent as I tend to do we can we can work together to really get the show to the 50 minute hour who knows maybe this will be the longest episode of Xbox on ever now I think I, I might have to do that so buckle in fuckers this is gonna be a real good one in addition to that I just want to remind you oh fuck I just cut myself I accidentally just cut my pinky fuck okay well I'm not gonna stop recording I want to remind you guys to rate me five stars on iTunes god this thing's bleeding a lot uh, rate me five stars on iTunes this show is really important to me and growing this audience matters to me you know I'm a very transparent person I'm not the kind of person who's gonna try to pass myself off as someone greater and cooler and more important than I am by kind of putting up a facade the, the truth of the matter is the show's not it's not doing as well as I'd, I'd like for it to. I was surprised with its early numbers, and it's definitely plateaued since. So either you have no friends, or you're just not listening to me when I say tell your friends. So I don't understand why you wouldn't listen to me, because you're listening to my show, aren't you? So, you know, get to work. Go rate my show, five stars only. Say nice things and tell your friends, so that I can grow this channel and become famous. Indirect. All right, news time. <laughs> So this week we have seven stories, uh, and we're going to lead off with what I think is the biggest one, and that is that Xbox Corporate Vice President of Gaming Mike Ibarra is officially leaving Microsoft after serving 20 years working on every generation of the brand. That means everything from Xbox to 360 to Xbox One, and of course this kind of pre-generation leading up into the Scarlet. The announcement was uh, made via Twitter. Ybarra tweeted out, quote, after 20 years at Microsoft, it's time for the next adventure. It's been a great ride at Xbox and the future is bright. Thanks to everyone at Team Xbox. I'm incredibly proud of what we've accomplished and I wish you the best. More soon on what's next for me. Super excited, end quote. Ybarra was critical to the Insider program at Xbox and has had a big hand in services like Xbox Live, Game Pass, and Mixer, their streaming service, which which he actually uses quite a bit to stream himself. Ibarra has yet to announce what his next big step is, but we are, of course, wish him the very best and thank him for his many years helping make Team Xbox the great team that it is today. Now, this isn't really a story that we can speculate on a lot, especially because Ibarra didn't really leave any hints as to what's next for him, nor do I really see this as a uh, kind of abrupt, out-of-left-field kind of announcement, much like... Sony had last week when Sean Layton announced his departure. This is kind of that lull in between generation period where there's a lot of transitional stuff happening. Um, and I kind of see this as one of those like pass the torch moments where, you know, if maybe he's just putting his time and 
He feels like he's accomplished all that he wants to and can at Microsoft, and now Ibarra wants to go pursue new efforts. I understand. I understand and respect anyone who you know wants to do a variety of, of works uh, before they retire or die or whatever the hell it is that happens to people after they work at Microsoft. So you know, twenty years is a pretty full career. Uh, he's worked. He spent three generations, four if you really count how much he's probably been uh, in the loop with upcoming Project Scarlet. Uh, type features and deals so the guy's definitely been around the block when it comes to xbox i feel like i just call him an xbox whore but i mean i guess that is kind of what you are when you've worked for xbox for 20 years um but you know like i said wishing him the best there's not much really to extract from this other than uh, this guy's played a pivotal role in the xbox ecosystem he's one of the few names with the xbox brand that people really know other than like you know, Larry Herb and Phil Spencer. So this is just one of those like kind of bittersweet things, I guess, where he's a name and a face that a lot of us have been associating with Xbox for many years. And it's just, I don't know, it's in the sense that it's hard to say goodbye and it's hard to accept change. It's going to be weird to see him go, but hopefully he goes on to do something that kind of reinvigorates, assuming that he kind of, you know, led a fulfilling career with Microsoft. He's hopefully going on to something that kind of reinvigorates that wonder and excitement of whenever he was young and started his career. Uh, and now I'm just assuming his uh, aspirations in career pursuits, which is kind of weird. Uh, but nonetheless, there's no telling if his role is really going to be... His his title, as of a few years ago, is officially Xbox Corporate Vice President of Gaming, which is kind of one of those, like, what the hell does that mean, you know? Especially because it's so broad. I don't know that they're going to necessarily find someone to replace his exact title, or if maybe it's just one of those things where, like, as the company kind of shifts focus into a new generation that they kind of rework whatever his duties were into the current corporate structure. But nonetheless, it'll be weird. You know, Ibarra was one of those people that did make an appearance in a lot of Xbox related videos and announcements. So it'll be interesting to see if this means more emphasis on already known figures uh, like Phil Spencer and Larry Herb, or if this will be one of those uh, instances like Nintendo is experiencing right now where we're going to get some new faces pretty soon. Hopefully someone as memorable and lovable as Ibarra was. So, yep, that's what's happening over in the world of corporate Xbox shakeups. Uh, let's move into a story now that I think will have most Xbox fans uh, not giving a shit because for whatever reason, Marvel's Avengers just doesn't seem to be grabbing anyone's attention the way I thought it would, or at least that's how I feel. Yeah, Marvel's Avengers, one of 2020's most anticipated yet controversial games, appears to be clocking in with some impressive playtime hours. That is, of course, if you take your sweet time playing and account for the years of additional content that are coming. Speaking with comicbook.com, Crystal Dynamics Senior Brand Director Rich Briggs said, quote, we're not putting exact numbers on it just yet, but you can expect something com comparable to what we've done in the past. If you think about previous Crystal games, you know that if you want to be playing your way through the core story, it's going to be in that area of 10 to 12 hours. But if you want to see everything there is and do all the side missions and everything else, you're generally looking at about 30 hours plus in the Tomb Raider games, right? So that's the quote. And then Briggs uh, was, of course, only talking about the content that comes with the game from day one. Speaking to the longevity of the game, Briggs continues with, quote, and then, of course, you have the extended narrative and the extended game plan. More heroes post-launch. End quote. So depending on how you play, it appears that the game could be quite substantial in length, plus additional story content, making this one big game. If you're into that sort of thing, of course. Yeah, so, I mean, 
you always got to take into account, first of all, anytime a studio or a developer or someone talks about their game, it's it's kind of the same thing as like when Microsoft or Apple release a new hardware product and they and they quote you like all day battery life, 10 to 12 hours, something like that. And then you buy the computer or you buy the iPhone or whatever and you, you get like two thirds maybe of what they quoted for battery life. That's kind of how video games work when like a developer's like, oh yeah, we're working on this new game and you get close to development. They're like, we estimate this game's about a 16 hour game. And then it comes out and people are like, yeah, I beat it in seven hours. Um, it's just one of those things. So take that with a grain of salt. 10 to 12 hours does sound like a pretty standard amount of play time for a game like this. Uh, but telling someone 30 hours, that that that's like... I don't know, when someone tells me like a game like Marvel's Avengers is going to be a 30-plus hour game, I, I think of that, or or qu like claims that a game like Tomb Raider or Rise of the Tomb Raider was a 30-plus hour game if you played it, you know, meticulously. Um, that kind of makes me think of like when you're at E3 and you see like those demos where they're trying to show off the game in a more cinematic way, so the guy's like panning the camera and slowly approaching doors and objects before interacting with them and you think to yourself no one actually plays a fucking game this way they're just trying to showcase you know the beauty of the engine and the graphics and and really make a cinematic spectacle out of it that's kind of how you got to take these quotes as if basically someone's saying to you like yeah if you're going to pan the camera every time you enter a room and and decide to barely move the analog stick so that you're just like nudging in a certain direction as opposed to like just walking or running all the time which is what you're actually going to be doing because that's how people play games uh but yeah whatever i mean it seems like it's a pretty standard game lane pretty justifiable for a 60 dollar game uh but the cool news here is them just doubling down and kind of adding in that hey there's a there's a bunch of free content on the way and the story will continue for years after the game comes out so even if the game is you know eight hours 12 hours whatever 30 hours um you can always expect more content for better or for worse so if, you, if you're into playing marvel's avengers for that long that's a thing you can look forward to doing because they're making a lot of that game all right so our next story uh is a sad one this is one of the bigger ones this week which is that of course doom eternal bethesda's most anticipated 2019 game has been tentatively penciled in for a vague november release date uh or it was throughout most of the year uh which has since changed uh, as of this week people have been wondering for a while if the game would see a delay as of course you know we're now like a month out from november and still bethesda hadn't put a firm date on the release schedule and well now we can confirm that yes the game has in fact been delayed doom eternal is now set for a more concrete march 2020 sorry march 20th 2020 release date a welcome delay as those of us with patience and wisdom know that sometimes a little delay is the difference between a bad game and a good game and in some cases, a delay doesn't stop a shitty game from being shitty. But here's hoping for Doom Eternal. The official delay announcement from developer id reads as follows. Throughout the development of Doom Eternal, our goal has been to deliver a game that exceeds your greatest expect expectations across the board to make sure we're delivering the best experience for Doom Eternal to live up to our standards of speed and polish. We've made the decision to extend our launch date by a few months to March 20th, 2020. We know that many fans will be disappointed by the delay, but we are confident that Doom Eternal will deliver a gaming experience that is worth the wait. In addition to shifting the Doom Eternal launch date, we've made a couple of other changes we wanted to let you know about. And that is that, of course, along with the delay came the news that Doom 64 would be coming to the Xbox One and will also be available for free as a pre-order bonus for those that partake in such a sinful act uh, such as pre-ordering games. So you can look forward to that. Doom 64 will release when, the, when Doom Eternal releases and you can get it for free by pre-ordering the game. And guess what? It's coming to Xbox. 
So yeah, that sucks for those who are antsy and just looking for more games to play. It doesn't suck for people like me because I still haven't beaten 2016's Doom, even though I really liked it a lot and I got halfway through it. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think this is a pretty obvious one. The game, you know, they haven't shown... I mean, they've shown enough of it, but they haven't been talking about it and hyping it up nearly as much as, you know, you hope they would for a game that's a month out. And they still didn't have a concrete launch day, you know, a month from the game's release month, which is just unheard of. So I'm not surprised that this game's delayed. In fact, it's a good thing. Bethesda really needs this game to be a hit, as Bethesda's been kind of squandering the reputation as of late with games like Fallout 76, Wolfenstein, The Young Blood, and all these uh, Rage 2s, kind of either ranging from just just okay to like, wow, how they fuck this up, you know? So I think it's really critical that Bethesda lets it take all the time they need to make Doom Eternal as great as it can be because something like having a Doom Eternal be a real a real knockout, a real 10 out of 10 um, could really help turn Bethesda's reputation right now that's kind of waning a bit uh, around the other direction, which is really what they need, especially as they take the next 47 years to finish, uh, what is it, the new Elder Scrolls game and the new Star Starfield, is that what it's called? The new space Fallout Skyrim game they're building. So yeah, I mean, they've got... They've got what seems like a kind of a short slew of games in development right now, and they really need to win on their hands. So this is potentially nothing but a good thing. Usually these delays are used for polishing, patching, and as they say, you know, making the game fast, speedy, and everything, which is, you know, what people love about Doom. So hopefully this game's great. Uh, now it's coming out March 20th, which is great news for those who are overwhelmed by this fall's release schedule, uh, which is actually quite mild compared to years prior um but this makes spring 2020 even more overwhelming than it already was because i think spring 2020 i mean is i'm i I don't know how you could argue it it seems like it's a lot more of a hectic release time frame for games uh right now than fall 2019 so uh if you're one of those people that just has to play all the latest games and keep up with the conversation you fucked that's that's how they say it that's how they say they say in the industry they say you fucked now, that is that story about Doom, and we're going to move on from there to a spooky Halloween story about a game I really like. So this is the kind of story you include when uh, news is a little slow, and it is that Halloween and Apex Legends are making a new mode, a new love child, called uh, Fight or Fright. Respawn Entertainment announced this new mode, a Halloween event for popular Battle Royale Apex Legends that adds a new solo zombies mode set in Kings Canyon. That was an incoherent sentence, as well as a new uh, as new skins and, and other goods. The new single player mode is called Shadowfall. The mode is played in the dark and features a warped version of the classic Apex Legends game hosted by a mysterious figure. According to a post on the EA blog, 34 players are dropped alone into Kings Canyon, but rather than being eliminated after dying, players respawn as members of Shadow Shadow Squad, or more commonly known, uh, Zombies. While Shadow Squad can't use special abilities or weapons, they can run fast, they can jump high, they can scale walls, they can basically play Titanfall in the Apex Legends universe, it sounds like. Uh, And they can also deal massive damage via melee attacks. So think of Halo's Infection mode but in apex legends which is actually that sounds fantastic to me uh the event begins october 15th and runs through november 5th which is a pretty decent amount of time so definitely check that out now i don't normally try to focus too much on like specific game news for like a games as a service kind of thing uh, but i really love apex legends it's a slow news week and i feel like 
uh, it's, it's Halloween time. There was enough here to justify throwing it in the news cycle. Uh, plus, I'm just super excited to try this out because I love zombie stuff. I love Halloween. I love Apex Legends. And that mode just sounds cool. We need more like wacky, limited time event kind of game modes like this. So uh, definitely be sure to check that out if you uh, enjoy fun. Um, and if you enjoy festive uh, seasonal events in your video games. So that's happening beginning next week on October 15th. Now back into your more general Xbox news. Our next story is that Xbox's October update is now live. And with it comes some notable changes, uh, smaller changes, but let's go over a few just so we can uh, say we know what's happening in the world of Xbox updates. So one, parental controls have been expanded to allow parents to adjust how much time their child can spend in a specific app or game. Um, a nice little limiting feature there. I don't know why I feel like this. I thought this feature was like already a thing. Maybe I'm thinking of like Nintendo Switch or like iPad or something. But I, I don't know why I feel like this feature already existed. Uh, but now we also have uh, being added additionally. We have uh, a notifications ability for items in your wish list uh, to notify you once they are on sale. I guess that that. That's a misplaced modifier. The items themselves are not going to be notifying you when they're on sale. Uh, I think a notification system is going to pop in and allow the the user to be notified when the item is on sale. The item itself will be doing nothing more than being listed and being on sale. Just don't don't confuse that. Uh, and another new addition is that Mixer streamers can now uh, be more easily accessed from the Mixer tab or Mixer streams. That is. Um, so basically on the Mixer tab on the dashboard, users will be, will be able to tab over there and, and navigate kind of Mixer from within this tab without having to necessarily launch the Mixer app, which makes it a lot easier to pop in and out of streams and kind of explore and discover what's going on in the world of Mixer, which I think is a pretty cool feature that sounds like it's going to make the Xbox One run even more sluggishly than it already does. So it sounds like more of a thing you want to be doing on Xbox One X. Um, maybe I'm wrong about that, but that is a cool feature, at least in theory. Let's see if it really slows down or slugs up the Xbox One dashboard experience. I know they're trying to make that as streamlined, efficient, fast, clean as possible. So hopefully uh, this is counterintuitive to that um, kind of Thing they're going after. Uh, another new addition is that now you can recommend an Xbox Game Pass game directly from your console. Uh, that's a thing I guess you could do if you want to like tell your friend about a game or something. I don't know. An event app is coming to Xbox One later in October that will tell you about in-game events for your favorite games. Now that's a really cool idea for an app. Um, I don't know how well how often I'd be using something like that, but I like it at least in theory that you can launch that app. And I, I like especially like kind of tying back to the apex Legends story we just went over the idea that like maybe i could be like oh it's halloween time and i wonder what games i play or they having maybe some seasonal events knowing that a lot of games tend to do holiday events especially for like halloween and christmas uh so you could like launch up that app and be like oh look halo 5 has a, a playlist for a special infections playlist for um halloween and apex legends has this weird shadow fall mode and uh you know call of duty has a mode where you get really strong and drink red bull and and things like that and you could just kind of pop into these games and explore all these new kind of seasonal offerings which i think is a pretty cool idea for an app and then in addition to that we got uh, as an experiment microsoft will be introducing a quote capture and share uh, guide tab for a little bit of time and to kind of gauge feedback from from users and see how they're feeling about that i think that's only going to be introduced to like certain insiders or something like that i don't know why that's not already a thing but i, I kind of like the idea of this as well because i feel like going to your 
current like captures and screenshots and video recordings, it's kind of a little bit of a cumbersome, slow process. But that could just be because I am still playing on the original Xbox One. It's super slow and, and chuggy at this point in its history. But that's a cool thing to try out. We'll see how that, that goes for all you content creators out there on the Xbox. And some additional background and stability improvements, things like that, are also coming as a as a as part of this update. So keep an eye out for all that good shit. All right, and with that, we're just going to jump right into our next story. We're going to wrap up with two more stories of the week. Our next one from Windows Central is that Playground Games, the studio behind the arcade racing series Forza Horizon, and the newly unannounced open-world game that many have speculated to be the reboot of the much-beloved Fable series... (gasps) has hired Nathan Buckingham, Buck, Bu- Buchanan. Oh, oh, Nathan Buchanan, formerly, formerly of Rockstar Games, the studio behind mega franchises like Grand Theft Auto and Red Dead Redemption. Buchanan, like, um, from uh, from the Great Gatsby. All right. No other details uh, or statements about this new hire have been made, which is potentially fitting as Buchanan's title at Rockstar was lead tester. While this position is no doubt an important one, studios generally only make headliner news stories about talent acquisitions when the person the produ- when the person's in more of like a producer director slash role. Uh, nonetheless, we were. Nonetheless, we are wishing uh, Buchanan all the best as he joins Playground Games and uh, as a associate producer. So I guess in some form or fashion, he is a producer, director type after all. So what gives with not making a bigger deal with this story? Uh, but yeah, that's a name I'm not very familiar with, but those are some franchises that are pretty notable. I The only thing I really take from this is you know, some kind of producing role, which a game studio is basically just about touching base with all the teams involved in the game and kind of just making sure projects are hitting their deadlines and teams have what they need in order to kind of make what they're making, get where they're trying to get. Um, and so I think, you know, the reason why you'd maybe want to have someone like that kind of project managing, producing for someone like Nathan uh, Buchanan is because, you know, he walked, he worked at Rockstar Games, which is, of course, a studio known for making massive open world games. Hmm. Could Playground Games be making a massive open-world fable game? I don't know. Maybe, I just think maybe there's a way you can spin this where it makes sense that his pedigree working on games like Grand Theft Auto, Red Dead Redemption, uh, can kind of lend hand to working with Playground Games and in, in helping out in this fable uh, franchise that we speculate Playground is is making, is kind of rebooting fable, uh, which, you know, is something like that rumor is so old at this point, but I'm still so intrigued by seeing what Fable looks like when made by Playground Games. Not that I don't believe in the studio. It's just so crazy to think that the guys that make Forza Horizon, which, by the way, is a fantastic racing series, uh, to just to think that they're making a Fable game. It's just, it's so exciting. It's so intriguing, right? Just to see, like, what does that look like? What does that play like? How is it different? Just how do you pivot from something? I don't know. To me, it's like if, you know, if, like the team that's been making Madden football for 20 years, 30 years, whatever that game series has been going on just says one day like hey we're making we're uh we're making a fucking you know a pick cross game for nintendo 3ds wish us luck this is you know that's what we've always wanted to do this madden thing that's just a that's just been a you know it's been like a means to an end this is our this is our pipe dream here is making a pick cross game for 3ds i don't know that's not even a good enough example i'm um, just Really intrigued to see what the hell this finally is, which I suspect we'll learn about uh, next year when the Project Scarlet is officially revealed, probably at E3 or something, sometime shortly before that. So, uh, you know, congrats to Nathan. Welcome to Playground Games. Welcome to Team Xbox. 
you are now, as they say, one of us. Uh, in our wrap-up story this week, uh, comes from Windows Central, and it is that Microsoft's next-generation Project Scarlet console is almost here. Of course, this is a little some little fluff a bit b- before we get into the meat of the story, uh, and it looks like they may be bringing in some new input methods as well as a virtual reality uh, VR support. According to a few patents that have appeared online this week, uh, which were first spotted by Twitter user Walking Cat, it seems like a stylus VR boundary map and motion controller are in the works from Microsoft before. But keep in mind, these are just patents, of course. So these uh, are just company protected technologies. It doesn't necessarily mean anything's coming to market. It could just mean, you know, teams are testing out R&Ding and coming up with ideas, which is pretty common, especially for tech companies, you know, to just always be toying around with new ideas, new technologies, new products. It doesn't necessarily mean that anything's coming to market. So just keep that in mind. But here's what we found. Uh, and he, we found here's what was found in those um those patents. Um, so the first thing, it looks like a VR mat uh, that marks the edges of the map for the player in the VR headset, uh, which appears to be connected to the console and a camera that sits on top of the TV. So this kind of looks like a, I don't know, like a giant DDR map, if you will, that kind of creates the the boundaries and the zone in which the player can move around, which is pretty smart. It's like that way, it's like if the player feels they're on the map, they know they're within a range where they can move around without smashing into something, kind of getting out of bounds. Uh, it also helps like sync things up with the TV in the game to tell the player like if they're like within the the bounds of like the the game kind of moving around properly. And it just it just seems like a smart kind of solution to this. Like, all right, how are you going to put on a VR headset and walk around in VR without like running into a fucking wall or knocking over a vase or something? It just seems like this is kind of there a solution to that potentially maybe one solution to that uh so i actually see this this patent as being potentially something that could be quite beneficial uh to bringing more like more intense more like immersive vr experiences into the home uh the second of the three patents um suggests that the team is developing some sort of motion controller for the console you may be able to use it with a hand with one hand while the other is used as directional stick kind of like the uh nunchuck uh wiimote setup from the old wii days uh it'd be good for like sword combat and things like that you'd kind of be able to replicate the motions like we motion plus or they get accurate motion uh, sensing so that one's maybe a little less exciting but of course it ties into the vr map if matt if you got some motion controls and a vr mat and a, and a vr goggle on and all that you can you can have yourself a full-blown vr fantasy you can become a knight you can run around on your mat you can shake your wiimotes and you can have your vr goggles to see all that all that beautiful medieval fantasy that people love, that all that good VR. You could play Breaking Bad VR. It would look gorgeous. So lastly, the third patent reveals that there's a stylus-type object that may be in development for the upcoming console, which would allow you to play like DS-like games on the device. And how... Uh, so, I mean, I just don't even know really what to make of this one um, because it looks pretty much like someone's just like using some DS stylus uh, to interact with games on screen, which I kind of like the idea of it, I guess it'd be like a way of uh, bringing over that when Nintendo was porting like DS games to like Nintendo Wii U, uh, it'd be like a weird way for Microsoft to do something like that. Although I can't think of any pre-existing games that would be good for, I guess it's just, again, another technology developers could utilize to make, uh, make games. Although I don't really see that. That's the one I see like the least application and in, in way a justification, I guess, for kind of developing, but I like cool wacky technologies. So I am all for them continuing to invest in these patents because I like to see new stuff. I like to see gimmicky stuff to me. It's never truly gimmicky until it flops and fails, which it yes, mostly does usually does. 
but I like I like to hold my suspend suspension of disbelief. You know, let them let them let let them prove you wrong, right? Because I just like to be excited. Hashtag Surface Duo. Um, all right, and that's pretty much going to do it for this week's news segments. Like I said, it was kind of a boring news week. I was sitting down writing the news the other night, and I was just like, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to try to spin this, but it's not only is it like a short news week, but it's like those kinds of stories where we can't really sit down and dissect these stories and have some like thoughtful conversation. It's more like, here's me reading the news. What do you want me to fucking tell you about this patent? You know, what do you want me to really tell you about Mikey Barr leaving Microsoft, huh? You want me to tell you he's in the fucking mafia and that due to some complications with his his family, like he had to leave or else they'd be in grave danger because there's some fucking conflict with the mafia and Microsoft. And then and, 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 and that's why the mafia only uses fucking PlayStation. I don't know. Like, I, I'm sorry. I got nothing really great to build off that. But we do have some more. Uh, so your favorite segments of the podcast are still here, which are, of course, the games of the week. Now, Microsoft was so kind as to say, Jesse, I know it's a slow. I know it's a slow news week. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to release 21 fucking games on the on the Xbox this week. So you have plenty to talk about on your on your podcast, even though the news is kind of slow and shitty. Well, guess what? I'm not going to do that because you don't want to sit here and listen to me talk about 21 new games, and I don't really have the energy to do that. So we're going to speed run all 21 games. Time me. We've got we've got 45 minutes. Let's see if I can get through all of them real fast. Okay, so 1 to 21. Here we got Indivisible, October 8th, 2019. This game looks like a pix- uh, like not a pixel art, like a flash game with RPG uh, turn-based combat, anime girls, rock monsters generic as hell we're gonna try to use as few words as possible to describe these games anime gross perverted done next tropico 6 xbox one x enhanced beautiful uh isometric uh, strategy um longevity loving uh sane next trying for the nightmare prince coming out october 8th a couple words to describe this game based on the screenshot alone i would say uh i would say melancholy uh i would say hats i would say medieval fantasy i would say uh lighting of particles uh next up we've got atlas releasing october 8th uh a couple things i'd say cannons dragons uh medieval uh trolls um naked trolls uh troll penis that kind of thing, of course, you got to mention that. And then next up, we've got Ukulele and the Impossible Layer. I can't believe I didn't know this was coming out already. That's pretty interesting. Um, I would say 2D. I would say not Banjo Kazooie. I would say Failure. I would say 2.5D's Nuts. I would say uh, next, we've got Worse Than Death coming out on the 8th. Xbox One X Enhanced. I will say um, Pixel Art. I will say Indie Trash. I will say. Uh, art school i will say hashtag not my president all right next game we're going fast guys we got only got so much time we got super box land d make uh for those that don't know a d make is when you're really cool because you take a game that looks at least half decent and you put it in pixel art so that people can say oh i'm a 90s kid i'm an 80s kid i grew up with the 80s um I, I, you know, I had a, I had a B average in school. So I guess in that sense, I'm an eighties kid too. Fuck boy. So super box land D make couple words. I would say, I would say Pokemon graphics. I would say, I would say art school. I would say, 
uh, uh, boxy, I would say. Uh, next game, Virtual Villagers Origins 2. This literally looks like a fucking commercial that plays on Nickelodeon when they're trying to get kids to play like Wizards 101. I'm not going to give it the time of day. Next, Mage Quit. This game, I will say Hectic. I will say Red vs. Blue. I will say a Spore, that game from 2008 that definitely took off. And I will say uh, Mage Quit, more like Dumbass Quit. Next game, Stellatum. This is a shooting kind of spacey game. I will say game. I will say words like like vortex, laser, shooty, space, purple. Uh, next, Draw Stickman Epic Two. This game, I'm gonna actually describe this one. Holy shit! This is like drawing tools. Kind of looks like um. I don't know. Kind of looks. I don't, I don't know what to say. It looks like, but there's like a chocolate chip cookie with a face on it, holding like a popsicle with a pizza on the end, and there's some like zombie monsters. This is a Ah, what's that game called where you, it was on the DS or like you draw stuff or you write stuff and then it appears on the screen. Um, but Scribble Knots, it's like Scribble Knots. I'll say Scribble Knots. Next game, a, a Knight's Quest. I will say Zelda Knockoff. I will say Anime Porn. I will say Green Forest. I will say Medieval Fantasy. I will say Asian Fantasy. I will say next game, The Bradwell Conspiracy. I will say Office Setting. I will say 9 to 5. I will say Desk. I will say recording booth. I will say empty boxes. October 11th coming out for everyone to play. And the next game is Eterno Blade 2. I will say Swordy Slash. I will say Kingdom Hearts guys and the cloaks. I will say 2.5 these boys. I will say next Alluris. I will say this is literally if you want if you want people to play your fucking game. Why are you gonna show them a screenshot of like the pause menu? Is that what this is? Am I looking at a screenshot of a pause menu? Go fuck yourself. I don't have time for you. Next game, Lost Artifacts Time Machine. I will say more strategy game. I will say old school strategy game. I will say um, d- desert setting. I will say uh, patience because I have no patience for a game like that. Next game is called Debris Infinity. This is basically Geometry Wars. Uh, so definitely play that because I love those twin stick shooters. That looks pretty good. Next, we got Queen's Quest Four Sacred Truce. I will say fantasy setting. That's a common theme today. It's because everyone makes stupid fantasy games. I will say uh, uh, I will say options. It looks like another pause menu. I will say pretty decent lighting. It actually looks pretty nice, the lighting at least. Next game, Frostpunk Console Edition. I will say Console Edition. I would say more uh, top-down s- strategy. I will say 50 degrees Celsius. I will say releasing October 11th. Next, we got Twin Cop. This game looks amazing. This game, you're going to cut a wire. It looks kind of like feel the touch, feel the magic on Nintendo DS. Do you remember that? I will say uh, driving away in a, in, a, in a getaway chase. I will say uh, diffusing a time bomb. I will say mini games. Next, we got Active Soccer 2019. Uh, more like deactive soccer because who the fuck gives a shit about the not FIFA games? So that's the 21 games this week. I know I just sold you on at least half of them. The game I recommend the most, Super Box Land Demake easily uh that game looks like pokemon and as someone who was born in the 90s i feel obligated to tell you that i loved pokemon growing up i love pokemon today and even though i don't play it i got pokemon go on my phone which means i really love pokemon it's a testament to the decade in which i hail from all right wrapping up this week we've got our games with gold for the month of october as a reminder our two xbox live or sorry rather two xbox one games and two xbox 360 games as is always the case so on the xbox one side we've got 
Tembo the Badass Elephant, which I just want to reiterate. I, I said last week that that was developed by Game Freak, the Pokemon developer. Speaking of Pokemon. And I was feeling like I got that wrong after I recorded the podcast. I just want to confirm that I was indeed correct. I fact-checked myself. And of course I was right. I'm always fucking right. I know. I know a dumb Pokemon developed game when I see one. Uh, we've also got Friday the 13th, the game. Again, that's tying in with the spooky time of year. That one's only, or that one becomes available mid-October on the 16th and through November 15th. And then on 360 side, we've got Disney's Bolt, which is only available through the 15th. I just downloaded that last night. I'm actually planning on playing that because I'm fucking disgusting and sick in my dumb fucking brain. Uh, and then lastly, we've got Ninja Gaiden 3, Razor's Edge which is different from Ninja Gaiden 3 Galaxy's Edge, which is available from October 16th through October 31st. Again, I guess you could spin that into being a kind of Halloween game of sorts because there's so much blood, uh, and it is developed by the terrifying Japanese. That's probably considered racist somehow. I don't know. But those are your games that you can download this week. I recommend you download them all. I recommend you delete them all except Bolt. I recommend you try to get 100% achievements on Bolt because... That game is fucking phenomenal. Um, and that's going to do it for the news portion of this week, the all the informative portion of the week, the part of the, the show that I know you're all dying to hear every each and every week. And as always, I greatly appreciate you listening to Xbox On. Now, you may be noticing if you're trying to skip through the end, well, there's a, there's like there's like three more minutes left in this podcast. What, what gives? I thought the podcast was over. Well, I'll tell you what's happening. I'm attaching a file to the end of this, this week's podcast. What, what the fuck's a file? Well, shut up and let me explain it to you, okay? My buddy, Eric Hudson, recently has started uploading all of his own music, music he makes by himself. That's what self-made music means. It means he sits in a room and makes it by himself with no fucking help from you guys. You know, he doesn't need your five stars. And he, and he, and he makes the music from scratch. And just like when food's made from scratch, it sounds delicious. And I'm going to plug it in the end here. I'm going to, I'm going to plug one of his songs. The song I selected for the first song of, by my buddy, Eric Hudson, that I will be, I will be playing many of at the, at the end of the show, by the way. Uh, but the first song I've selected is, is, is what he calls it. Actually, I don't know how to read these titles necessarily. Um, tight beat away to describe this kind of music. You know, I don't know a lot about music these days, or I guess I never really knew a lot about music, but I would consider something like this to be like some like kind of lo-fi hip hop music. Now I asked my buddy Eric, would you classify this as lo-fi to which he told me no, not necessarily. And, but you know, me being as musically inept as I am, I'm just going to go ahead and call it lo-fi anyway, because one, I clearly have no respect for my friend. And two, I don't know how else to describe music because my tiny brain can't think of music in forms of like more than two genres. I only know like lo-fi and country. So Whatever, it's lo-fi to me. Uh, but this song is called Away. It's by my buddy Eric. If you want to check out some more of his music, follow him on YouTube or SoundCloud. His name is BB Murder Case. BB, like the letter B, followed by the letter B, Murder Case. It is a reference to an anime. I will let you you nerdy, greasy anime weebs figure out what anime I'm referring to because I know I don't remember. But my buddy Eric made this song, and I hope you listen to it, and I hope you enjoy it. Take it away, Eric. <laughs> 